Hello, everyone, and welcome all. Thanks, LD Mobile. It is NBL Overtime, continuing in isolation. Plenty to get into. Player opt-in, opt-out, bad haircuts. Hashtag NBL Overtime to get involved. What up, Homicide? What's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good, man. Isolation is no real difference, man. I just... I roll out of bed. I come to NBL overtime. I roll back into bed. Just a typical day in my life. <laughs> I do need a haircut, though, funnily enough, on mm. bad haircut edition. Mm. It's killing me. I might, well, obviously, I can't come around right now, but I know that both, in fact, both your wives have been cutting hair in recent times. Have you let Liam, have you let your wife cut your hair yet? Is, he, is she simply working on the kids? I've not. And I'm borderline getting into the realm of worst haircuts you've ever seen on your screen. So this is starting to get a little loose here. All right. Hashtag NBL overtime to get involved. Plenty to get into. We might start though before we get into NBL. Last Dance continues. Episodes three and four last night. And from people who have seen more of them, from people who, if someone sees more apps they're fairly happy to let everyone know that they've been able to see them in some way and you know what it'd probably be the same but uh it only gets better from here but last night three and four homicide i'll start with you what'd you think i uh, definitely loved it you got a chance to see up close and personal dennis rodman how he went about his business you know growing up you know it was a sad story you know his mom kicked him out and then lucky for him you know he got an opportunity to go to college put all his will and energy into focusing on basketball and it got him to the situation that he was in, you know, a bit of a wild child, a renegade, a rebel, but he was always focused um, on winning, you know, especially when he got around winners. I mean, he started with Detroit. They loved him. And, you know, he became a part of the bad boys crew and you knew what he brought on the court. It was a guy you love to play with and hate to play against. So, um, it was just great to see him and his growth and his journey from, as I said, an adolescent to the Chicago Bulls. I'll be, I'll, I'll be honest, Liam. Obviously, that story, 48 hours in Vegas. Almost like you and I last year at Summer League. Obviously, no <laughs> game in the class, unfortunately. But that's, that's the feeling I got. And, you know, I know the NBL were worried about us coming back and they damn well should have been. Actually, you know, it actually reminded me more of Corey in Vegas at Summer League about three years ago <laughs> when we're over there covering the, the NBL guys, the Aussie guys, the imports. And then, what the hell? Corey, <laughs> Tommy's like, hey, Corey's in the lobby. I'm like, what? When did he come into town? He's like, hey, I'm here for 48 hours, Rodman style. It was on. He couldn't get into the... Um, the club. The club because he had rips in his jeans. Oh, man. I had, sh- I, had je- I had jean shorts. Yeah, jean shorts. Okay. And so, but he was look. Hey, always looks mm. nice, ready to go. But they were like, nah. So, Corey was like, fellas, you guys go in. I'll be back in a minute. So, we go in. Comes back in about 20 minutes or so with these nice <laughs> brand new. He's just gone out and bought a pair of brand new jeans. He's like... I'm making it here. I'm making it happen. I'm in Vegas with you fellas. And it was awesome. <laughs> I forgot that story, man. That was a good time. We definitely had a good time. You know, it's not, um, we never were able to connect on the nightlife, especially in Vegas. I bumped into my guys. Mm-hmm. I'm like, listen, we got to make this happen. So um, we definitely had a good time. It was good to see you guys. And I totally forgot about that story. And the hey, next, was- next morning, I knock on Tommy's. <laughs> Tommy Greer's door, and there's Carmen Electra hiding behind the sofa. 
she's got the comments over the top. I'm like, Carmen, don't worry, Tommy, we got to get to the arena. Oh my God. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it was kind of cool. Chris Anstey doing some good, he's writing some oh. stuff and he's opening up in isolation. It was kind of cool to see 90 seconds into episode three, the, the exact story that Chris Anstey's spoken about a fair bit in the last week or so. And, always gamble responsibly, but no betting man or woman would have taken a Chris Anstey uh, sighting before a Luke Longley sighting in the last mm-hmm. dance, Doc. And that's almost how it felt last night. It was kind of cool to see it. I think it's time to see a little bit more Luke Longley. Obviously, they've been setting the scene. We saw him in his... Was he wearing moccasins or... No, like, no, no, no. What, what were flippers? they? Like, maybe. I actually legitimately think that's why he's been banned from the first... Were they Ugg boots in he, the white? Was, he was wearing... I think, you know, uh, when surgeons go into surgery and you have to wear stuff over all your clothes, that's what it looked like. You can wear like these sock things over your shoes, right. which is obviously a medicinal health and safety type of thing. That's what it felt like he was wearing. Okay. And it was weird, whatever they were. They've been setting the scene, right, and telling the backstory. I think now once we're going to start getting more into the, to the actual season, we're going to, and hopefully we do hear more from him because he's an excellent interview. Seriously funny dude. Um, my favorite bits, obviously the Anstey kind of uh, moment that came out of nowhere at the start, Dennis Rodman breaking down how he went about perfecting the craft of rebounding, mm-hmm. I thought was really interesting. Just watching him talk about a click this way, click that way. And obviously he's talking about offensive rebound. I feel like there are some guys around the, around the NBL who you hope were watching that, you know, and going, oh man, maybe there are ways I can practice this craft that I haven't necessarily done before. And I also liked Horace Grant's take on the Pistons not shaking, not shaking hands. He just, he just told it how it was. And fair too. Just, just on Dennis Rodman, obviously when speaking about the art and the science of it, spinning left, spinning right, there would be a lot of players in the history of basketball who did it with their own players, would know exactly where to go mm-hmm. offensively with their own shooters who they were dealing with on a day-to-day basis. But to be able to get it down to an art form with the best shooters or shooters in the league, which remarkably is almost all of them in, in different parts and different generations. It, it did give you a bit of an idea that he was, he was a genius. Now, he obviously worked out where his main skill was and he worked hard at developing a craft and fitting into that team as, as you spoke about homicide. And to be able to do what he did for a long period of time amongst different teams and different successes gives a suggestion of how hard he worked. And, and he, he drank, he partied. He left mid-season, and yet he was still an integral part of a team that wins five championships through Detroit and then going to the Bulls. It's nuts to watch. 100%. He's one of the greatest rebounds to ever do it. He knew talent-wise offensively, he didn't, that wasn't what he did. He was an agitator and a rebounder, and that's what they needed him to do. He doesn't show up for the Bulls. They don't win those championships like that. He plays an integral part of that Bulls lineup and team defensively, you know, agitating players offensively rebounding the hell out of the ball, man. And his energy and effort, you know what I mean? Does, does New Zealand breakers win those championships without Mika Vakona? Hell no. Don't happen. You know? So just because this is a, a good lesson for young talent, young talented kids, don't think you can only affect the game by scoring. Craig Sager slipping him a 20 as well was something I didn't see coming. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, the, and the worm reading it for exactly what it was too. <laughs> Instantly. And shout out, shout out to the assistant GM at the Bulls who saw what you're talking about, Corey, when so many others didn't. 
Mm. And um, I think it was Mike Wilbon talking about the visceral reaction to signing um, Dennis Rodman. So many people thought this is the worst thing you could possibly do for our team. But that assistant GM had the foresight to, to see that with the personalities they had in that program with Phil and MJ and Scotty and the like, and the skill set that he brought, as long as they didn't try to put a saddle on that Mustang. That's right. Let, let the Mustang be a Mustang. And in all due respect, they traded him for Will Perdue, who was going to have little to no real influence on this team having success in the next few years. So that's how they got him in the end. No one else wanted him, the Spurs in particular. All right, let's get to NBL. Hashtag NBL over time to get involved. And we discussed at length last week uh, about the, the changes when it comes to the salary cap and the ongoing situation going forward. Still May 1 is when free agency is slotted to open. It looks like it will be pushed back as we get rapidly closer to that date. But you can opt in, you can opt out. As we know, Liam Sandemarra, we'll go to you first. What's the latest when it comes to marquee players and imports opting in or out of the changed contractual agreements? Well, May 4 is the date that we're working towards. So we're less than a week out from that now. Obviously, nobody has opted out to this point, but you wouldn't think that they would do that early. And the other thing that um, is in play here as these players with their agents are kind of making this decision is there's still some finalising behind the scenes between the Players Association, the league, the ownership and everything on the, on the exact rules around opting back in and what rights will belong to players, what rights will belong to teams, what the dates are with regards to that. So it's hard for any of these players to make a final call until that's nailed down. So expect for that to be put in place in the next day or so. And then, as I said, we're working towards that May 4 deadline as we keep our eyes on... Those marquee guys, the Bryce Cottons, the Casper Wares, Nick Kays, Mitch Creeks, these kind of guys around the league, what will their decision be? I think the thing that's probably worth flagging is depending on exactly what they finalise as those opt-back-in rules, depending on how that plays out, it's likely we're going to see some guys opt out. Mm. But when that happens, it's worth keeping in mind that that doesn't necessarily mean they're gone. You know, if you're a Cairns Taipan fan and you hear Scott Machado's opted out but before May 4 or by that May 4 deadline, that doesn't mean he won't be playing for the Taipans in the upcoming season. Hey, hey, just, just on Machado, because Machado hasn't signed yet, has he? He has? Okay, cool. If you're a Southeast Melbourne Phoenix fan, let me use yeah. a different analogy. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> and you hear that about Mitch Creek. You know, like it's, it, yeah. this guy, it's a box-ticking exercise mm. potentially at that point to keep my options open and then see how it plays out from there because there will be arrangements in place for guys to opt back in if it plays out that way. It's led to a lot of intrigue, homicide. And of course, it's an un- we've said this a million times, it's an uncertain future in all parts of the world, not just professional basketball, but it's one with so many layers that as a, as a pro athlete, you've got to tick as... Liam just touched on every single box to make sure you're getting the best for yourself, your family, and in, and in some regards, your club as well. Because if you want to go back there, you don't want to totally half-screw them over for a selfish reason and then expect them to take you back when the season actually starts or whenever the sign-on is back into it. Yeah, definitely. It's a, it's a marriage. You know, guys want to come back here and play, you know, their career out. You know, guys want potential multi-year deals on the table for certain players. So, you want to massage the situation and where it's fair on both ends and both clubs, both parties have to be understanding. 
I, I think, and this is from the outside looking in, but I think there is a greater feeling of understanding right about now. It may be in all parts of yet again of life, but in particular, when it comes to working through this, you know, we, we spoke at length a couple of weeks ago about the fact that, yeah, we get it. You know, obviously our season doesn't start for five or six months time, but there is that sort of impending time, be it May 1, be it May 4 now with the, with the set date that the league have put on when it comes to opt-in and opt-out. There, there is a time to get this right. Even though our season doesn't start, it is now. So I think there's also a greater understanding from both sides, be it the players and the clubs, to make sure we get to a resolution that is close to as fair for everyone. Well, speaking of getting to resolutions, you talk about May 1, which is the current start of free agency. It's basically certain Gone. That's going to be pushed back right now. Those negotiations are currently taking place with everybody who needs to be involved. And I'm expecting word on that in the coming days or, or week or so because it has to be coming days, doesn't it? As we approach that date, you can't start free agency before the opt-out date comes yeah. along. Teams need to know what they're working with, have those conversations with those guys. So expect to hear word on free agency, the date that that will open in the very near future. All right. Hashtag NBL overtime to get involved. Anything else on this lane before we get to two players who are in contract, Mitch Creek, as you touched on with Southeast Melbourne Phoenix and Will Magne, who signed an extension uh, at the end of the NBL 20 season. You've had a chance to have a catch up with them. NBL.com.au to read all that great work. And they're two guys that at some point we expect to see, or both had huge chances to be a part of the NBA season currently. And they, and they spoke at, length about both their ambitions and what they expect in the next couple of years around it. Good read and interesting timing, disappointing timing for a couple of reasons, but cool to see. Yeah, well, we all know it was going to be a massive off-season for Will Magne. Um, it was interesting to hear those comments from Creek that, that he had that, that, you know, basically a deal lined up. He was heading over to the States. The knee, the virus, those kind of things got in the way. But for Magne, it was more going to be about the off-season the workouts, the mini camps. He was going to have a summer league deal lined up and, you know, he was going to head over. And as we spoke about on the show a while ago, he's going to be one of those guys who had a summer league deal locked away well in advance, which means he's going to go over there and play mm -hmm. and have an opportunity to block some shots, hit some, you know, jumpers and show what he could do. And as he said to me, who knows what might've happened from there. Obviously the safety net for me was to come back for the bullets. I put, he put that in place for the new two-year deal. But it was a big off-season. And, you know, we talked throughout the last part of last season, Corey, about, you know, we weren't going to see him again next season. I think the likelihood now with the situation is we will. And his timeline is pushed back. And I think the big question is, what does that do for him and his career? We often, often talk about the window of opportunity, timing when it comes to making an NBA roster. And will we look back and say that would have been the year for Magna? Or will we look back and say, geez, actually worked out pretty well for him. An extra year of development and he could go over there and, you know, be a much more complete player. Here's what I believe. Does he have in that contract an NBA clause? Of course. Will Magna is going to the NBA this year. This is what I actually believe. All he needs is a team to say, look, guess what? We want you. Well, that's all I need. That's it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I feel that's going to, I think that's going to happen. I honestly feel that way. And if it doesn't, do you understand the kind of year he's going to have this year coming up? Mm. 
I'm calling it right now. Defensive player of the year, which is easy. That's an easy call. <sighs> I'm going to go out and say nah, he's going to be the MVP of the league. Nah. Come on, man. Nah, and say, this, this is what happens. Let me ask you something. Now, hang on, let me, before you go fresh any further. Air. You spoke it, get some fresh hey, air, go for a walk. Hey, you spoke it Bring into existence. We... You early on, you were talking NBA two way, and you've got him. He's done a little bit of hard work as well, but you've been there from day dot. But come on, man, I, I'm with Liam. I, defensive Yo. player of the year. I'm not going to argue, but all, most valuable player. All I'm all I'm going to say is this. Let's get him into an All NBL first, first or second team first. Day. What are we doing the here? First day, I saw the guy play. I said to you guys, that was both of your reaction when you said he was playing against an NBL one team. Can we please admit that? No, we, we've admitted that you, you, you spoke it up. You, and, NBL one all-star team. Hold on. You guys you, said, come on, man. Want to break this story down? That's what happened on air, right? In the first half of that game, I told you he was the most improved player candidate. And you said, Cam, write that down. Big call from Liam. No, I wrote it down. True. Yes. I've still I said got that, that kid I've will be in the NBA. I said right now he could be in summer league, two-way contract. You guys was like, ah, oh, come on, man. Look, my point is this. Defensively, we know what he's going to do. Mm-hmm. He's only going to get it better offensively. Mm-hmm. This was the biggest, like anybody that would be in his position, that performed last season like he did. The biggest confidence booster ever offensively next season. Oh, he's going to continue to get better. He's going to come back hungrier, thirstier. And the way he's going to look at it, he's like, listen, if I don't go this year to the league this season, this offseason, I know for sure next year I'm going. Let me really kill this league. He's going to be that much more comfortable on the court and confident. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Let's think about this, right? I, I, couldn't, I couldn't agree with you any more except for the MVP statement. I'm, everything I'm else going with MVP is. of the year. I'm, I'm telling, telling you. And we actually watched him get better offensively later in the year when he had some responsibilities at certain time. Yeah, he was definitely better season. than the one we seen at the start of the year. Watch next season. He's, most valuable player. He's oh, going to be what? way more confident, yo. I'm, I'm telling you. I'll take you. that bet. I think he'll oh. have a great year if he's All in right. the NBL. He will not be the most valuable. What if Scotty Hobson's back? You'll take Magna over Hobson? Or the baddest man in the land. Oh, yeah. Man, listen. Come on, man. Listen, listen. I understand, <laughs> but I'm just saying. Open the window and get some fresh air. What's going on right now? We know for sure if he don't go to the NBA, mm-hmm. he will be here. We don't know for sure about Hobson. We don't know for sure about the baddest man in the land. You know what I'm saying? So when you take these things out, when you take these into consideration, guess what? He could be the MVP of the league. Well, if Bogut he- come back, he going to give Bogut the business. He's not a factor for, for my man two-way magnate. Come on, man. You saw what he did to him already. If he come back. Come on, man. I'm telling you. MVP. <laughs> he did. He, he, he yes. in that article too. You know what? I'm telling you guys. I'll take whatever bet you want, Homicide. Whatever bet you want. And, and you know when you go back and you rewrite history and say, you guys laughed at me? This time you want me to rewrite. I'm this telling time. you. <laughs> and you know what? I all want right, all right. a record. I want, I want to write this down for both Liam and myself. Okay. We're not disrespecting Will Magnay when we laugh at you because I think he will have an outstanding NBL season and will play NBA at some point or at least have a huge opportunity to do too. 
I just don't think you'll be the MVP of the NBA. Y'all better start writing. We got to start taking these dates down because I got to make sure. Hey, before we close the Will Magnite book here with our discussion, I want to stare down the camera towards Andre Lamanis, Sam McKinnon, and CJ Bruton. When I spoke to Will Magnite the other day, he said he was working on his handles in his driveway and his three-point shot on a backyard rim, he said, eh, you know, it's not great, but it's better than nothing. Can we get this man a key for some wee hours of the morning work at Nissan Arena or in some kind of high school gym where there's an actual court and some hardwood and a bucket and a net? Get him a shooting machine. How about that? Get this man working out on a court. Are we certain that the three-point line was accurate when it comes to being measured? He might be working on 18-footers and think that's just a three-point line that's been sort of drawn in the dirt. And how big would his confidence be if Hobson ain't here, if Cotton? Then you really like, yo, I really got a shot at winning this. Corey's actually right. All right, let's move on. <laughs> let's talk a little bit. And, and the free agency conversation is kind of hard, opt in, opt out. But there's some college seniors coming back that probably slipped under the radar just a little bit due to the fact that, and there's a couple of them that would have played March Madness and that always puts them a little more on the radar. Opportunities now with the uncertainty around so many international leagues and Australia have done a pretty good job of flattening the curve. Still a long way to go, but we'd probably be a bit more optimistic will be able to get some play on the court at some point in the next six or seven months compared to other countries. So we've got an opportunity now to see some college seniors come back, play some good basketball in our own backyard, Kiwi as well, which of course is kind of exciting considering one of these guys that Liam's going to talk about. But college seniors, I'll let you go first, Liam, because I know you've brought up a little bit in the past about some of these guys. Mm. I think you're alluding to my man, Yanni Wetzel. Yanni Wetzel, there it is. <laughs> yeah, I've been telling you about this guy. San Diego State. Um, you know, big unit has, has big upside. I mean, this guy's going to be in the league next season, mm. one way or the other. A team mm. is going to sign him to a roster spot. Make no doubt about that. And he's going to play some minutes. Um, and Corey will claim him as his guy and we'll go from there. It'll be great fun. <laughs> hang on. Hang on. And just for people at home who might not know him, where's he from? He's a Kiwi. Exactly, which kind yes. of makes me even more excited for this whole all New Zealand lineup that, of course, a lot oh. of people led by Matt Walsh have been talking about. We'll throw Jack Salt into that mix as well. Now, he's not a senior. He's one year out, but he oh. might as well be. Mm. Obviously, played in that national championship team with Virginia. Signed mm. a pretty nice rookie deal in Poland last year, but basically missed the entire year with glandular fever, which is not a too dissimilar story to Will Magnate, who had to sit some time out early in his pro career for, for the same reason. So this is a guy I'm expecting. He went to Summer League. We saw him at Summer League. Had a better mm. than expected um, summer league with the Phoenix Suns and um, he's going to be in the league now. I, I, I thought that he was looking at some other opportunities, but I get the feeling like he's going to be in the league. Just on Yanni Witzel, who San Diego State, I like when you see college seniors play in good teams. They were ranked third. They were going to have a real crack at a national championship. Jack Salt, you mentioned the year earlier with that team. So big, high profile, really highly successful programs always gives a little bit of more credence as well when coming out of college. If they somehow get Salt and Wetzel on the same team, good luck, good luck trying to stop their shooters. They're two screening machines. 
And we've spoken a lot about in recent years, Jai Bogut, the bigger dudes, Plumley last year, how hard it is to be able to fight through off-ball screens or on-ball screens and running screen and rolls and allowing to be able to get a hand to the shooters. These guys are just going to... Once you get hit by one of these guys in a screen, you stay hit. So if you're able to have the big two Bruiser brothers play for the same team in the Breakers next year, it's going to be very hard to defend the guys like Webster who are able to come off the screen or come off a dribble and be able to knock down that jump shot consistently. It's going to be part of a very, very talented offensive team with a lot of different facets. Yeah, although there are, some, you know, there are other NBL teams that those guys are hot yeah. property no in doubt. the free agent market when that thing opens up. And, and then, of course, you've got Jack White out of Duke. Um, I'm expecting him to be in the NBL next season playing minutes. He's going to be a good, a good role player in any of, this kind of the, these kind of top pro leagues. Um, and the other one is, for me, the other one is Dion Vasiljevic out of Miami. Um, I, I, I thought he would probably go to Europe um, in his first year out, but given the state of the world right now, I think the likelihood he'll be in the NBL is, um, is growing by the day. And, I mean, this, you know, he, Dion's Dion. He can really play. Had a big year in Miami, of course. Yet again, tough conference. Played well in the ACC tournament last. And I tell you what, he didn't shoot the three ball as well this collegiate year as we've seen. In particular, two or three years ago. I think maybe his, uh, his sophomore year, he just could, he could barely miss on a three-point line. So, obviously, changes in the game and the way he's defended to work through that. But they're guys who are going to play, no doubt about it. Jack White trained with Melbourne United, I think, or at least was, you know, those off those off-season scrimmages that they had going in Melbourne for a little bit about a year ago. So he's obviously familiar being a Victorian boy. There might be obviously a fairly hard chase there by a couple of the Melbourne teams. Homicide coming out of college. It's an exciting time, isn't it? I know it's different right now, but it's such an exciting time when your first pro contract's there. Yeah, it definitely is. Some guys, you know, some of these guys you're talking about are, are locals. So obviously they will be comfortable coming back to their home native country playing their first, um, if not second season. You mentioned one guy who was signed in Poland, but to have an opportunity to come home and play in an elite world-class league, that's, that's going to be, that has to be an incredible feeling, but make no mistake. You better come in here, work your behind off. Everything earned, nothing given. This ain't a cupcake league. Good luck to you guys Oof. in the upcoming future, but it ain't sweet down under. He's the last time he gave one of those speeches, Liam Stanton-Marie. These guys now look slated to be drafted fairly highly in the NBA. So maybe these uh, incoming rookies, when we all get it said and done, should listen. All right. Isolation, quarantine, barbershops, hairdressers being shuttered, sometimes hard to keep, you know, the beautiful people looking beautiful, I fair to say. And I don't really talk about you and I, Liam, because we've got bad hair, but probably not aesthetically. <laughs> I got oh, sorry. Bad hair too. You think you're good looking? My bad. I, I'll oh, speak for myself. <laughs> Either way, we're talking about the best. Liam, he tried to put you in the ball, man. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. Right, I'll speak for myself. I'm not going to win a modeling contest if my hair's no, looking good or not. not. So here we are right now. <laughs> best and worst haircuts in the league. I'm going to start us, and I'm not even saying I hated them, but Simon Curl used to rip some rippers. Yeah. Back. Obviously, a guy that could really fill it up as well over a number of NBL teams, but after fun with watching him play was what colour he was going to roll out pre-game. Let's throw a couple of nominations out there. Our man right here, CW yep. had the spider web at one point. We know that the mohawk style. What was your favourite? Um, I think I, I, I like rocking the spider web. I like rocking um, the stars. I had stars designs on one side. Uh, one time I came with 187 which is obviously my nickname. Um, for homicide, but 
Let me tell you who has the wildest cuts. It. Mitch Creek, man. Mitch Creek hairstyles are crazy, and he don't care. He plays harder the worse of the worse his hair looks. Well, if you want to check out his developing hairstyles over his NBL career at NBL <laughs> social media, I think it might have been his birthday in the last couple of days, and the NBL Shout social out to Mitch team. Creek, man. Yeah, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Creaky. But there you go. So you can check all his styles because you're right, Homicide has been a lot of interesting looks he's rolled with over a wonderful career. Yeah. Well, I think our league has a long and storied history of mullets. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I think there's no doubt about that. And Creaky and Jared Kenny are kind of Jared like Kenny, right. carrying the mantle these days. But I'd say Mark Bragke back in the day. Um, we've seen, And then, you know, we've seen some, well, Craig Muller with the dreads and... Mm-hmm. Shane Hill with the with the beach blonde. Hey, to this Can't day. That. Yeah. <laughs> to the this general. day. You, you know what? I'll go one step further here. If if Magna wins the MVP. Oh yeah, you want it. I like I'll, this. I'll grow a mullet. I don't think you can. Watch me. <laughs> I can. Hang on. Oh, come on, Kev. I'm telling you, it's getting a little bit length down the back. All the mullet needs to be short at the sides and long at the back. Okay. As Jared Kenny looks like, look. You're going to show out the hoppers in you. <laughs> I used to have a slight mullet back in the I day. Right. I'm not going to bleach it again, but I'll go lengthy if it doesn't work that way. Hey, let us know. Hashtag NBL Overtime at NBL on socials. Best and worst haircuts in the history of the NBL. Now, a man who does not have a bad haircut but has a wonderful game and is now newly married is Mitch McCarron, who uh, got married over the weekend. Mm, I hope congratulations. I'm saying his new wife's name is Abby. I hope I'm right. If not, I... Miss McCarran. Mrs. McCarran. That, that yeah, works Mrs. McCarran. And they got married in Zoom, which is going to be obviously probably the norm around these times at the moment. Um, yeah, it was kind of cool to see. Everyone, I uh, see a lot of NBL community, a lot of teammates, ex-teammates, and even opponents. Zoom on in and, and, and watch a beautiful moment. Yeah. Shout out to those guys because, um, you know, everybody's lives been thrown upside down mm. right now. A lot of weddings postponed. Say, hey, we wanted to get married now, but we'll wait till Rona's over and done with and we can kind of get back to normal life. (laughs) But these guys have said, no, man, it's time for us to be married. We want to be husband and wife. Let's make this happen. Let's embrace the current way of life. Um, I think Anthony Drimmick kind of did something not too similar recently where it was like (laughs) limited numbers. Jack Um, McVeigh was the witness. (laughs) (laughs) Can't separate them. Shout out to Drimmick. So good stuff. Congratulations and just yeah. getting on with things. Let me tell you something. If you are a man right now and you are thinking about getting married during this pandemic, oh, no. you do it. Let me tell you why. You're going to save a whole lot of money. Ain't no catering, no guests. You got to worry about flying people in. Just save the money. Just keep getting it done. This is a fact. You hear me? <laughs> keep it going, especially if you pay for it. Get it done on Zoom, however you got to get it done. Straight like that. (laughs) Wedding wedding celebrant Corey Homicide Williams will proceed. That might be my new side hustle, the celebrant. (laughs) Hey, that's Damien Martin's corner. Yes. (laughs) Get off his corner. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hey, 
obviously a player that we, we've spoken a little bit about over time in NBL over time. And again, an NBL rewind, Andrew Parkinson, who a uh, two-time uh, championship winner, Southeast Melbourne Magic, most improved player in 1991 uh, with the old Southern Saints. Going through some health issues at the moment as well. And Liam, you can give us a bit of an update, not only on how Park is tracking, but, but also a wonderful way, even in these tough times, where people are fundraising and saving and raising money for Parky and his family. Yeah. Well, while we're out here giving shout-outs, let's give a big one to Andrew Parkinson, um, who we remember as uh, that blonde bombshell who was raining down triples um, at Flinders Park for the Magic in those championship years. Um, in September last year, he was diagnosed with a rare and aggressive form of, of cancer in his bladder. And, um, you know, his past eight months have been rough. Now, he underwent surgery. And then it was uh, a grueling regimen of four rounds of chemotherapy and 34 sessions of radiation, Parky. Um, and, and I want to talk about this guy's love for the game. I mean, there were days over this period of time during that treatment where he, he was having chemo in the morning, radiation in the afternoon. Then he was making his way into Albert Park to play his local basketball game on a, on a Monday night. Just did not want to hang up the kicks and put the ball down continue to play the game and that kind of mindset of you know being positive fighting through has really held him in good stead um, and he has recently finished his treatment so this is maybe this is some footage here of Parky at his oncology clinic in January ringing the bell after his 34th session of radiation to signal that his treatment was finally over um, and right now, he's obviously in a state of kind of letting that treatment have its full effect on the disease. So this is a guy who, in January last year, played in a charity basketball game run by this uh, organization called uh, Wadzi. I think I'm pronouncing it correctly. This is an organization that, that um, helps cancer patients and their families to pay for their treatment and to kind of get through those kinds of times. Played in a game that this is a game that involved a whole bunch Chris Ansey, Mark Worthington, uh, Craig Moller, Peter Hawley, a bunch of NBL people involved to help cancer patients. January last year, eight months later, he was diagnosed with cancer and needs that same help. And so this organization is really getting around him. You can get involved and support Parky and become a member of the hashtag Parky Army. You just track down, search up Wudzy, W-U-D-Z-Y on Facebook um, or check out Wudzy.com. You can, they're, they're fundraising for him. When coronavirus is put aside, they're going to play another one of these games where all of the proceeds will go to Parky and his family. And uh, we're all going to pitch in and get him through this. So shout out to Parky. Well done getting through all your treatment, playing ball throughout that period of time and um, can't wait till we get to a point where you can put all this behind you. Very well said. And yeah, shout out to Parky. And, and such a fun player to watch in those, in those 90s as well when he was doing such wonderful things on court. All right. Um, huge amount to get into over the next week or so. Chris Golding and Adam Gibson tomorrow. And Gibbo, you're going to have a chat to him at NBL on the podcast. Check all that out. NBL Rewind and Adelaide fans, I'd probably leave it. <laughs> because this week we are Liam and I are going to sit down with Damon Lowry and go back and watch that wonderful game three in 2001, which ultimately led to a Illawarra championship a, a series later. But uh, yeah, the foul shots when it was all said and done, some of the most unbelievable foul shots of all time. So NBL rewind on Thursday with Damon Lowry, who I'm fit figuring is going to be as excited as homicide. Our man was last Thursday when we sat down to 
have a look at that wonderful elimination game against the Wildcats. So, Those uh, three <laughs> free throws are oh, man. crazy. Oh, oh. oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> have you I ever it. seen three free throws? That crucial part of the game. Yeah. Fall differently like that. Oh my God! Yeah, it was uh, it was Ooh. like Teen Wolf. It was like Kawhi Leonard from the corner. <laughs> every one of them. I, you know what? I'm gonna That's watch Teen every Wolf. part of the rim. He's almost lying on the ground yeah. when it goes. Yeah. I messaged Damon yesterday and said, "Hey man, we'll send through a, a copy of the game for you to watch ahead of time." He was like, "Liam, I don't need the game, mate. I've watched it. I know that thing like the back of my hand. I'm ready to go." All right, so there we go. That'll be on Thursday. Hashtag NBL Rewind to get involved. Just a couple of quick little projects we're going to work on over the next couple of weeks, boys. Uh, the Gaze statue, which you raised a couple of weeks ago, we're going to really fire that bad boy up. Um, we're going to get involved in that. And um, I'll be honest, I think we need to get Gary Neal on NBL Overtime. And Yo, maybe man. Head Let me tell situation. you something. I had to tag you guys. Like, there's I a know couple you did. Of, look, when it comes to basketball... I don't lie, okay? I may lie about other things, but when it comes to basketball, I don't lie, okay? If I got my behind bust, that dude destroyed me. But if I tell you I did something, it got done. So for him to lie about it weeks ago and acted like he didn't play against me, he wasn't there. And I'm like, dude, come on, man. You tell me if you play against an NBA player, you don't know he's there. And then, Liam, you say, yo, you gave this guy some work. And all of a sudden, he's like, I never played against you. I wasn't there. What are you talking about? Try to make a joke of it. And then I remembered a player that I played against that was in the Baltimore team in the game, Dante Green, who played with Sacramento Kings. We was hanging out one time in Dubai, and I just saw him on my Instagram yesterday. So I was like, he played in this game. Like, I know I'm not bugging out. So I reached out to him, and that's what I posted. He was like, oh, definitely. He played in that game. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So then I reposted everything today. Mm -hmm. Like, and he's nowhere to be found. Where's Gary Neal? I'm waiting for him. And, and hey, we're waiting for him too because we Everybody's believe you. waiting. So we're getting him on the show. I'm going to get Gary on, Neal. Man. I'm going to spend, I'm going to put heaven he and earth. on that show. He know what time it is. Thank Come on, Cam. Gary on, Neal. Cam. Is this like you're going to get into the water and find uh, James Ennis' trophy? You know, what? when Come I raised on, on NBL overtime, I was going to do that. Homicide just absolutely crept on that idea, so we pushed it down. And me? now isolation <laughs> and quarantine has stopped me from scuba diving. The first time ever. But I may one day get under it. But no. So I've got two projects. Thank you. Learn how to scuba dive and get Gary Neal on NBL overtime. Thanks yeah, for keeping me busy. Leroy Loggins, his grand final MVPs. That's you. That's oh, you. That's we're we're going to go. Where through. are they? They, they, they weren't awarded. They weren't awarded. Are you back then? None of them? There were like a, three or four years when the, the Larry Sengstock medal wasn't awarded. Wasn't oh, awarded. no, they got to figure that out. There you go. Another project that we're going to be on over the next month or so. What about Damian Martin's uh, medal? Oh. The defensive player of the year medal. Well, Damian Martin, Martin medal. I don't think we need to push that. I think the NBL's got that covered, to be honest, right. whenever he does uh, hang up the kicks, whenever that might be. All right, we're out of here. Hashtag NBL overtime to get involved. All thanks to LD Mobile, uh, Gibbo and CG tomorrow, and then NBL Rewind on Thursday. See ya. Peace.